We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. As always, plenty for us to talk about going on around the NBA. Make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office show YouTube channel as well as the podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, subscribe both places. Wouldn't hurt, would help us out a little bit. Make sure you're subscribing both on the podcast feed and, of course, the YouTube channel as well. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, finally. It feels like it's been so long, but basketball, it's coming back tonight. I, I can't wait. It was only a week, what, a week and a day? I don't know how I'm going to make it through August and September because I was going through basketball withdrawal. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those things where I was ready for a break. Uh, We've been more or less going nonstop since the beginning of October when training camps opened up. And and I was ready for a little break. And then, I don't know, I hit like sometime Monday afternoon and I was like, all right, that's enough. Let's get games back. Like I'm ready to work again. So yeah, I'm super excited that no, no more breaks until I want to say it's like April 4th or something like that. It's that first Monday in April when the NCAA tournament uh, championship game is. So, uh, so the, the NBA always takes that night off. So uh, that, that'll be the next time we, we see a, a night off here in the schedule. And then, and then we get into the playing tournament and the playoffs and everything else. And it's just, you know, uh, straight through from there. So I, I, I'm super excited that we're in this position, you know, everything's going and, you know, shouts to all the support we've gotten both on the YouTube yeah. channel, as well as the podcast, some really great uh, reviews over on uh, iTunes where you can see them. Uh, people have said really kind things and a lot of really nice comments too. So really, really appreciate all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You guys are the best. Remain the best. Definitely appreciate all the support that we have received. And uh, as, as we always say, don't keep it a secret. People call it the best kept yes. secret. Don't keep it a secret. <laughs> Tell a friend. Let, let them know where to find us. I and, hope uh, the people the show. who comment with that are like, are, are saying it in jest and they have told many, many people. Yes, so please that, do. That's my hope. If we want to make it a running joke, I'm perfectly fine with that. As long as you're actually sharing and telling people. That's right. That's right. Make sure you do share it. Maybe we'll make up best kept secret t-shirts or something like that. <laughs> That's it. We'll wear know. those at summer league or something. That's right. That's right. We'll have to wear those around Vegas. I need yeah. to get on that. Um, all right, let's, let's dive into some news. So yeah, I guess this is kind of a big deal. Kevin Durant making his son's debut, potentially coming up on March 1st, recovering from injury still, but 
boy, oh boy, that Phoenix team could be awfully good if they can get everything to click with KD in the fold, along with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. This could be a very, very good team, and we could see them full health on March 1st. Um, I guess first and foremost, like, is this enough time for the Suns to make a championship run and have everyone gel March 1st? So you're going to have, what, just shy of 20 games, something like that, uh, somewhere in the teens in terms of games left to play. Is that enough time for the Suns to get everybody together and make a championship run? I think so. I think for a couple reasons. I think Kevin Durant, for as wonderful as he is as a player, he is also maybe the most plug-and-play guy. Like, you just kind of put him in a lineup and say, hey, do Kevin Durant things, right? Like, he's not a guy who is, you know, I need a million dribbles. I mean, for as much as I know it, it still triggers and angers some folks, he stepped right into the Golden State Warriors and just kind of they were great, right? And he did his thing and, and everything was fine. So I, I don't expect that to be a problem. It also helps when you have Chris Paul, you know, arguably the you know greatest floor general that the league has seen in the last, I don't know, two, three decades running the show. He, he's going to be making sure everybody's getting their touches. Everybody's getting their shots. It'll keep everybody happy. I think it's going to be fine for them. It It is good, though, that they're going to have roughly a month, month and a half to figure things out before the playoffs really roll, roll around. They are sitting right now in fifth. Um, they're only though a game and a half behind the Sacramento Kings. As an aside, I feel kind of bad for the Kings. Like they've had this wonderful season with this really great run. And it's like, all these teams are still right there behind them. And it's yeah. like, man, like I still think they're going to finish top six, but we'll see. But for the Suns, yeah, you're now your push is, all right, let's get ahead of the Clippers. Let's try to get ahead of the Suns or the, the Kings rather, if you can. And, and let's try to push up beyond the Stanley's. You don't think they'll catch the Grizzlies. Certainly not the Nuggets. They, they're way too far behind those teams. But, you know, if they can push up to third or fourth, get home court advantage, you're probably looking at a team that, you know, might make a really deep, if not another finals run. Yeah, if I'm Phoenix, that's all I'm worrying about is just getting into the proper positioning. I'm not worried about, am I going to go push for the one seed or the two seed or anything? Get everybody healthy, get everybody on the same page. Worry about that. If you can get the four seed, the three seed, great. Get some home court there. That's fantastic. But it's mostly about how is the team performing? That's what they need to be most concerned about because you've got all of these stars. And you know what? Sometimes you throw stars together. It doesn't always work. So Mm -hmm. getting these pieces all to come together and fit, like you said, Kevin Durant, pretty plug and play so i'd imagine it probably will work but taking this next stretch of games here using that as an opportunity to bring everybody together and get things sorted out on the fly that's going to be the most important piece here for the phoenix suns yeah. uh we've got the we got a few moves being made here around the nba some of these happened yesterday and we didn't have a chance to get to them in yesterday's show but the clippers have waived moses brown and signed keaton wallace uh, Moses, you and I talked about this. Moses Brown, why why can't he seem to to stick? An intriguing talent, plenty of size, but just not sticking anywhere. It seems like. Yeah, and I think his there were a couple things happened with the Clippers. The writing was on the wall when for him when they acquired Mason Plumley, they they got their backup center that way. Anytime they need a a third or even fourth center, they'll just go small. They'll go to that five out group with Marcus Morris or Nick Batum on the floor. So. And he reached his games limit. It's 50 games. You can can be active for 50 games in the NBA. And Brown hit that marker. And then it was, all right, what do we do now? And 
I, I think they did right by him. No, don't hold him hostage and say, well, now you just got to play in the G League. Instead, they, they let him go. He'll probably, my guess is, is some team needs a center um, after injuries or something like that. He'll probably come up on a 10-day and then maybe catch on on a deal that carries into next season or something like that. So so we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, it's definitely a um, – uh, thing for him where it's it's weird because i don't feel like he fits the 4a mold because he has mm-hmm. produced in the nba i guess it's just you know teams are they're they're not looking for what he brings i guess and they, they feel like they can get it other ways and if you're the clippers you wanted that veteran guy right because yeah. you're trying to go win a title so you're not you know all about shepherding along a kid and then obviously when they filled their other their final roster spot with russell westbrook that really close the door. So so they, they go big for small here on the two-way. They bring in Keaton Wallace, guy who's really you know, worked hard to get this opportunity, and he'll come in now on that second two-way alongside uh, Musa Diabate, who they drafted last year, and th- those will be the guys who close it out. Probably won't see either one of them active all that often. Just That'll be on those nights when the Clippers sit everybody, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's you know, the situation the Clippers are in currently. They are going to try to make that push here. They're going to try to see what they can do in terms of their playoff seating. Uh, could make a run, and uh, we'll see how they can ultimately integrate Russell Westbrook into that lineup. That's going to be interesting. By the way, uh, we just talked about KD's debut. Sounds like Russ could debut with the Clippers uh, tomorrow night, yeah. and uh, we'll see what that looks like ultimately. I wonder. I don't think they're planning on starting him right away, but we'll see if he's able to claim that role at some point. Yeah, and I think it was interesting his kind of introductory press conference with them. He said all the right things, you know, and now we'll see, right? It's, it's, it's easy to say this stuff. It's a lot harder to do it and then do it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Julian Champany uh, winds up being claimed by the San Antonio Spurs. They're going to give him a look. The Spurs have lost 14 straight. So as of right now, they are in full tank mode. And they are doing what they can. Obviously, just traded away Jakob Pertl at the trade deadline. Doing what they can here to just give guys a look, use open roster spots, bring in some young talent, and, and see what's what. And, and see if you get anything to stick. This is very much a club that's building for the future. I've seen a lot of people hoping that the Spurs will be the team to land Victor Wembanyama, which I think would be a really interesting landing spot for him. But that's going to be their focus for right now. It's going to be finding some young players, see if you can find some diamonds in the rough with your remaining uh, flexibility, and then hope for a little lottery luck in a few months. So I, I guess you would say the Spurs are not popping the champagne. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was well done. Nice. That was, that was well done. you who hit the good puns. And every once in a while, I come with I like that. It was, it was the double pun because you got Greg Popovich in there. Yeah, that, uh, that was nice. I, see, I didn't even think that part. So yeah, Oh, you didn't? Hard. No, that that didn't even come to mind. So this this oh, is why you're better at it than me. I thought that was the brilliance <laughs> of it. Was you were going Greg Popovich, Pop plus Julian? Okay. All right, edit all this out. It was. It absolutely was. Jim <laughs> yeah. um, done really nothing in the NBA as a rookie. He played in only a couple games with the Sixers, a couple garbage time minutes. But a little interesting on the G League level with Delaware, mostly averaged about 17 and a half points per game, uh, shooting 35% from three, uh, 
decent rebounder, you know, uh, block per game, which is really kind of interesting considering he's, he's not a, you know, um, a a big man by any means. I believe he is. Let me check. He's about six foot eight in a forward. So Spurs had an open two way spot after they converted Charles Bassey's deal and signed him uh, for four years and and put him on the active roster. So this is the kind of thing you do if you're the Spurs, you know, pay Sixers, let him go. We have an open spot. We think we kind of like him. Let's bring him in. They, they'll they'll kind of continue to cycle. I was a little surprised just since we're on the Spurs topic that they didn't leave a roster spot open and just kind of keep churning guys yeah. through that. But they really like Gorgie Jang. I think they wanted to be cautious to not go too young after trading Jakob Pertle and Josh Richardson. So, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're they're bad. Um, it's really kind of a sign of just how awful the Rockets have been that the Spurs are still like behind them in, in the, the standings um, or I guess ahead of them, I, depending on which way we're looking at it right. at this point. So that's uh, you know, just, just something there, but yeah, I mean, Spurs, Pistons, Rockets, uh, yeah, Spurs, Pistons, Rockets, and Hornets. There, There's your bottom four in the lottery order. And now we've talked a lot about it doesn't, you don't have to really fully tank because it's the same flat lottery odds and all that stuff. But you still don't want to be fourth because if if you're fourth and one team jumps, you get pushed out. So you yeah. still want to try to be, you know, bad. But it's, you know, I think those teams are really just kind of, you know, they're headed to the end. And and I'm kind of curious now to see, do any of them win 20 games? I thought, you know, at least they might all get to the 20 game marker. But that means like a 5 and 15 finish. And the way some of these teams have played, that would actually be probably better than where they're at today so i'm not so sure well we'll see if they they get there or not yeah i mean like i said the, the spurs have lost 14 straight yeah and are still half a game ahead of, yeah. of houston who Who's have lost, lost seven, seven in straight <laughs> yeah. um the, the hornets what are you doing they've won two in a row oh my goodness everything's yeah. falling apart for, yeah. for sure it's had to get plumley off the team apparently yeah, i guess that's needed to move on and, and uh, that was it they, they've unlocked the secrets of success yeah plumley's Apparently, apparently that's that's what it takes. Uh, let's jump over to Washington. Bradley Beal, uh, patience running thin, had an interview recently with Mark Spears of Anscape, uh, said, I'm patient, but there comes a time where you have to be a little selfish and I draw a line in the sand for sure. Um, look, we've been we've been talking about when does Bradley Beal ask out of Washington for years now. He's getting up, I mean, people don't think of him as an older player, but I mean, father time is creeping up here. I, I kind of feel like we we're going to hit a breaking point sooner rather than later. Maybe this summer um, things start to to move here. I know he's talked about wanting to stay in Washington. He's done everything he can to hang on there about how much he loves it there and, and all of that. But he may and the Wizards may be making some tough decisions this summer. Yeah, to to your point, 10-year player now. He's going to be 30 at the end of this season, uh, right before the league year changes over at the end of June. So we're we're looking at a guy who's been there. I'm kind of wondering if this was a, hey, I'm not going to ask to leave, but preemptively, you better pay Porzingis and Kuzma. And like, because here's the thing. So I wrote about this for SB Nation. This this legit shocked me. In there, and when you look at the Wizards lineup data, when they have Beal, Porzingis, Kuzma, and Monte Morris on the floor, no matter who the fifth player is, they're plus 9.4 in net rating. Whoa. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Like, really, really good. That's phenomenal. Um, 
yeah. And then if you add Denny Avdia, which is, you know, we're really now playing small sample size theater, that goes up to 12 plus 12.9 um, per 100 possessions. So you're in a spot with these guys where it is, you really kind of, you kind of get it right. They've been a pretty good team when those guys have all been available and they they've won their last couple games or only a couple games under 500. Now, to me, it is the what's your ceiling, right? Your ceiling is probably 44, 45 wins maybe, and that's probably where, where you're at. But I think for the most part, we're kind of looking at the Wizards as this is probably Beal putting some pressure on more or less to say, you know, hey, we're going to try to really, like, I want to win. And if I can't win, like, by you getting other stars, let's at least keep the guys we have that are win. I think that's more what it was versus the whole, hey, I'll ask out, but – yeah. Again, it superstars, right? We talk about it all the time, but boy, doesn't it feel like Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard are just destined to play, play it out and be more or less okay with, hey, we were one uh, one team guys our whole career, and that's kind of where it's at? You know, I think that could be the ultimate place where we land here, and that's okay, right? That's Like today, all we hear about is, oh, uh-oh, you know, the clock's ticking on Luka and the Mavs, and they better do something. Otherwise, that's going to become a, a discussion topic. Yesterday, we talked about LaMelo Ball. Uh-oh, right? He's only got one year left on his deal. Then we're talking yeah. extension. What's going to happen here? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You, you just don't see it that often anymore where guys just stick in one place their entire career. And that's part of, you know, people got into what's wrong about the All-Star game. What are the problems with the All-Star game? Well, part of it is East versus West. 
isn't really East versus West mm-hmm. anymore because guys, and again, they don't even play it that way right now. But even if you went back to East versus West, like guys, guys are jumping conferences constantly. You don't yeah. have that classic, oh, Magic's going to play Larry in the All-Star game, the, the East against the West, right? You just, you don't have guys sticking quite the way they used to. And you can argue that's actually for the betterment of the NBA and the offseason and how, you know, the transaction, uh, well, the, the craziness with all the transactions, sure. a big part of this show. And, you know, the interest that the league drives because they've had so much player movement. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but just in general, we just don't see players sticking in one place anymore as much. So now you hear, okay, Damian Lillard, is, is he seriously going to stay in Portland? Bradley, is he steer, is he seriously going to stay in Washington? Those seem like oddities when 20 years ago that wouldn't at all. And, and again, if they've made the decision, hey, I'm going to stay with this club. I like this club. Even if it means I don't win, there's other things that are important to me beyond winning a championship. More power to them, you know, if that's if that's ultimately the decision that they make. Yeah, absolutely. I have no problem with this. If these guys are content to play it out where they are, that's, that's great, right? And that's entirely their decision. I also don't have a problem at this point where after a decade, if Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal is like, you know what? Hey, I gave it my best shot here. I want to go play somewhere else, right? This isn't bailing two years into a deal. Like you, even if they are both on newer deals and they've extended and all these other things, I I don't have a problem. If either guy is like, Hey, I want to go somewhere else and try to win. Like it's, it's just, you know, it's, it, this is what, player agency is all about, right? It's up to them and their teams to make their decisions for themselves that are best. I also don't mind if the Blazers or Wizards are like, hey, we've tried for 10 years and it's not worked. Yeah. We're going to move you for a monster haul. Like, I don't have any issue with that. This is, again, this isn't a, well, we gave it a good try and two seasons went by. Like, this has been a decade or more. So, you know, it's, it's you know, as cool as it would be to see those guys stay and win where they're at. If it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. But, you know, I, I'm very curious to see if Washington can make a little noise here towards the end of the season, if they can keep that that forced four group, uh, four-man group healthy of Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis, and Monte Morris. I'll tell you what, based on their activity at the trade deadline, if they don't keep Kyle Kuzma, oh, boy, Bradley Beal is going to have some reason to be be upset. You know, you look at the moves they made, they were a lot of it was based around keeping Kyle yeah. Kuzma and the belief that they were going to keep it. If they suddenly don't do that, well, yeah, then then maybe there could be some problems. Bro. Yeah, because then you're losing them for nothing, and that's yep. an even bigger issue. I guess in sign and trades possible, but yeah, but then you're 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 no longer in control, and that's not great. No, not at all, not at all. All right, so the Atlanta Hawks they moved on from Nate McMillan, and now it appears they are potentially closing in on Quinn Snyder. Dare I say? I know there have been a number of other names out there, Emi Odoka being being one of them. It's sounding like perhaps this could be Quinn Snyder's job if he if he wants it. There's been mutual interest. Um, we've been waiting to hear where he was ultimately going to wind up after leaving the Jazz, and now it's looking like Atlanta could wind up being that place. And yesterday we talked a little bit about this whole somewhat new concept of rather than wait until the summer and get by with an interim coach in the meantime, let's see if we can find our guy right now. If that guy's out there, bring him in. And then we'll have some more informed decision-making over the summer when we get to free agency and and all of that. Uh, Quinn Snyder, do you like his fit potentially with the Hawks? I think so. I I'm I'm curious to see, right. What it looks like. He's obviously done well with a high usage, uh, very talented guard before and, uh, uh, 
Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. He's yep. done well with a second uh, primary ball handler when he had Conley and Mitchell together. Uh, so that's important. Clint Capella is, you know, he's not a bad sim- facsimile of Rudy Gobert. Uh, can do a lot of similar things to what Gobert did in the Jazz if he installed a similar type system. And then you, it's for me, this was the Hawks. We talked about it a little bit, like you said yesterday, of we didn't make a trade, so we had to make a move up front. That's how we're shaking things up. They signed Quinn Snyder, or no matter who it is, you sign another head coach here in the next week or so. To me, this is getting a two-month jump on planning for next year, right? That's what this is all about. Let's see how these guys fit and adapt. Let's see how the coach works with these players, because this is an absolutely monster offseason for the Hawks. They have to get this right because now what's going to happen is we're going to end up on borrowed time with Trey Young. He's yeah. very high on the list, whether you, you know, whatever sports book you like to use, he's very high on the list of uh, next player to ask for a trade or next superstar to be traded or whatever they term it. It's He's pretty high on that list. And, and we kind of know that's probably where this could head if, if you don't get this right. So I, I like the idea of Quinn Snyder there. I you know, I think he could do a lot of good things. And I think he comes into with a kind of instant respect of, yeah. hey, I've, I've been there, done that for a while. Like, and I'm not going to listen to a lot of stuff uh, from you guys, you know, here. Like, we're going to do it my way and we're going to go. And I think, again, there's pieces and parts on that roster that he can really uh, mold into something. I think that'll be pretty good. I, I don't expect it to change anything this year. I mean, they're yeah. – going to be probably in the playing tournament probably if they make it throughout in the first round but i I think you know again you get that jump start on next year and that's that's what this is really about who knows maybe they'll finally trade john collins this summer you you just you never know (laughs) yeah right i I mean if it doesn't happen this summer i'm just gonna assume it's the new miles turner and will never happen it's never gonna happen yeah that's right that's right it'll be we'll uh we'll be talking seven years from now well the hawks could trade john collins no they're not yeah he's he's on his third new deal with them but yeah we'll see yeah they they like him but they also would like to trade him potentially (laughs) uh last thing we've got for today the bulls uh waved malcolm hill and signed terry taylor uh the bulls you know they're making moves around the edges doing some things here and there but you add patrick beverly they want to make a playoff push here uh, they don't really have control of their draft pick necessarily because it goes to Orlando. Obviously, Orlando rooting for losses for Chicago. Um, where do the Bulls go from here? Like, what? what is this team going to... Because obviously, they went all in on, on Vucevic and DeRozan and trying to make this work, and it just hasn't. And of course, Lonzo Ball's injury has been... You know, it gets wrapped up into, into all of this. What do they do now? It's like they, they took their shot. It didn't work. I don't know that it gets any better or necessarily next year maybe a healthy Lonzo ball if that if that happens but that's still you know up in the air mm-hmm. what do you what do you do if you're Chicago well it just I just kind of laughing to myself here because I'm like well if we had a Raptors story man we hit all of the just they're kind of there okay uh, right yeah. East, right like like we already talked Washington for a while we just talked Atlanta now we're going to talk Chicago so it's uh yeah I don't know I I I'm a little nervous from their comments post-trade deadline about, well, we didn't move Vucevic because we think he's a big part of what we want to do here. And I I get it. That was their first big trade that they made with this front office. But you got to be really smart about the contract you give him this summer because that's one that could 
really end up bad very, very quickly if if you're not careful. It's I, he's still got he's had actually a pretty good season and he's still got good years left, but you're just gonna be careful. I, I really I don't know. I and I wonder does it turn into, you know, without a being a full on trade demand, do we get a uh DeMar DeRozan, hey, I'd like to be moved. Uh yeah you know, quietly uh, conversation over the summer if things aren't really going well for them. So, so we'll see what that ultimately, you know, lands with the bulls, this move Hill for Taylor. This is, I think the bulls looking at him like Harry Taylor's an interesting guy. Like throw him in the mix. They've had a lot of success with these kind of, they're small guys who are really more forwards than they are guards, despite being guard size, whether it be DeRozan himself or Javante green, uh, Patrick Williams is bigger, but there was some thought when he came in, like he might be a guard. And Terry Taylor's super duper unique guy. He's only about six foot four, six foot five, but he plays more like an old school four in the NBA. He averaged, you know, last season for the Pacers in, you know, kind of real minutes over the down the stretch of the year, 9.6 points and 5.2 rebounds. And he shot 61% with most of his shots uh, coming around the rim. So, you know, it's a real kind of unique sort of player. Hasn't played a lot this year for Indiana, but uh, now, you know, going to join the Bulls and we'll see what it looks like you know, for them the rest of the way, whether they, you know, even find a way to get him in the, in the lineup or not, but yeah, just kind of, you know, we'll, we'll see. There are, as we record this, there are two games behind Toronto yeah. uh, for the 10 spot hey, in the East. So not a lot of messing around time here for Chicago. You better start winning games or you may not end up even making the play in tournament. Yeah. They got to get going and they got to get, get going right now. They are currently on a six game losing streak not exactly where you want to be toronto playing new orleans tonight and toronto is the favorite in that one so yeah we'll see ultimately what chicago can do and the raptors just remain forever confusing i saw somebody gosh i can't remember who it was now somebody put like you know the raptors were like their long shot to make a run uh, in the East, it was like one of those like bold predictions, like yeah. kind of things. I wish I could remember who it was that wrote it, but it was like really like t- Toronto. Are, are, I mean, I guess right. They've got a ton of talent. They didn't trade everybody away, but yeah, it just that whole group in the East. Boy, that that's just well, well, what a mix there. Atlanta, Washington, Toronto, Chicago. Like, just feels like they're just kind of stuck. They're they're not really good, but they're not bad, and they're not rebuilding. So I don't really know what they are. Uh, the Bulls do have a game coming up on the 28th against Toronto. So that could be a pivotal one in terms of their their playoff chances. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it sounds weird to be like, what a huge game to make the 10 seed. The 10 seed. But, it, 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 you know, it does all matter. So, and again, the Bulls have no reason to not want to make it because they, they don't have their pick unless it's yeah. top four. So, yeah, absolutely. I kind of, just for the... I guess uh, morbid curiosity, morbid fun of it all. I want the Bulls to be out of the playoffs. So then we're like all watching to see like, oh my God, Chicago jumped up and kept the pick or whatever, or right. you know, however it works out for, for them. I, I guess I'd rather see Orlando get it, but Orlando's roster is starting to get a little overstuffed. I don't know that they can fit another two first round picks in there necessarily. That's a, but that's a topic for, for down the line. We can yeah. you know, discuss all those things as we go. We can talk consolidation trades for yes. for Orlando certainly, but we'll have a we'll have plenty of time to talk about that in June. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Can I say one thing on the magic real quick? I'm yeah. going to hit you with a stat that absolutely blew me away. Okay. Paulo Bancaro, 10th in the NBA at 7.6 free, free throw attempts, attempts per game. Yep. Unbelievable. Like, I pulled that stat. I pulled that stat day before yesterday because I was looking at LeBron's free throw attempts relative to how many times he attacks the basket and where he mm-hmm. ranks in each. And I looked and I went, holy crap, Paulo Bancaro is not getting a rookie whistle. That's for, nope. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because he's not like, if you look back at that, like all the rookies in history that have ranked that high, those guys have are generally back to the baskets. It's like Shaq kind of guys where it's like, all right, they're in the paint all game long. And the only way to stop them was to follow them. Like that's not who Bancaro is. He's just, but having watched, I think at this point, I've seen every game he's played. He is like, he's just, he just has that knack for like, I go in there and I draw contact and he's really good at still getting the shot up too, yep. which is kind of a skill that we don't often see. So yeah, I'm uh, I just, you know, really, really something with, with him. If he can get that jump shot to start falling more consistently, that's, I mean, it, book it. He's an all-star every year out from here on out. I'll never yep. miss an all-star game again. Yep. And the, the magics, I mean, absolutely epic swerve on draft day this last summer could wind up, paying off for them big time if that's ultimately yeah, no what, he, what he becomes all right all i right. think we've covered the middle mess of the eastern conference <laughs> deep enough today <laughs> i i agree but hey basketball is back tonight we're gonna have a lot more to talk about tomorrow thanks again everybody for for joining us make sure you are subscribing to the youtube channel and of course over on the podcast feed apple podcast spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts make sure you find the nba front office show till next time everybody see ya and stay safe